When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fools. The nothing personal word of the day, of course, is fools. Today, as in April Fool's Day, I never really wanted April to be a fool's day or a fool's month. I love April. It's the beginning of the baseball season. It meant spring training had come to an end. The summer was coming. I'm not getting wistful. I just, April to me was never about fooling. It was about rebirth and a new month. Now, to me, April is the end of March, except I wonder whether April will be like March. I wonder what we'll all look like in a month. Well, we'll see with the beard, won't we? April Fool's, you know, in baseball, baseball is a funny sport. When you're in a clubhouse, it's like being, I used to talk to people, they'd say to me, the number one question asked, top five question asked of me, after how is Survivor, do they actually feed you? Which they don't. The top five question Top five questions on the board. 100 people surveyed. Hey, what do you talk about with players? It's always asked. So you talk about regular stuff. You talk about baseball. Sometimes you talk about family. Sometimes you talk about friends. Sometimes you talk about the news. But on April Fool's Day in baseball, that was a day that always was taken very seriously within a clubhouse, taken seriously within a front office. And I don't know why. I once got a call that a player was injured. And it was from someone in the organization, April Fool's Day. And I said, that's not funny. Like April Fool's Day to me is when you you call someone up and say, hey, opening day's been canceled. No, that's not funny either. What's a funny April Fool's joke? I know. When you go up somebody, pretend, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. Have you ever heard of the movie Jackass, where people go around with a clippers, and they'll go behind him like a shark, na 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 and then you sort of buzz a little of their hair off? Oh, April Fool's Day. No, no, that's not funny either. I don't know what a good April Fool's Day joke is. I've never done one. I, is it like a knock-knock joke? Who's there? Tuba. Tuba who? Tuba toothpaste? Those are always so dumb to me. Well, I do have a thought on April Fool's Day today, though. Let's not be foolish today. Of all the days, I want to laugh. You're going to laugh a few times during the show. I hope there's some funny stuff. I got a few DMs. Thank you for laughing at the Tom Brady press conference yesterday. It wasn't a press conference, though. Actually, I Coco, we must have messed that up because... Many people called it the Tom Brady press conference. I must not have been clear. It was a phone call between him and the owner and the GM. In any case, let's be smart. Keep being smart. Tell a friend about nothing personal. Keep downloading rating. This weekend, we will drop a bonus pod answering your questions that you do by rating five stars on Apple and asking questions in the review. The regular So You Want to Talk to Samson continues. 
We are not postponing. We are not canceling. As they say in Moulin Rouge, the show must go on. Well, we found out today that another show is not going on. First time since 1945. First time. No Wimbledon. As in Wimbledon. Not Wimbledon. Wimbledon Tennis Tournament in England. The All England Tennis Club. That grass heaven that turns brown by the end of July 12th during the men's finals. Where you can't really see the grass as much anymore. That tournament has now been not postponed, but completely canceled. This is not a small deal, folks. This is when you sit up, you pay attention, and you say to yourself, wait a minute, to not postpone a tournament. Remember the nothing personal where we had different words of the day? The difference between halting, suspending, canceling, postponing. Well, we're down to now two things, which is postpone Olympics Cancel Wimbledon. That means Roger Federer cannot try to extend his Grand Slam lead, which is now 120 to 19 over Rafi Nadal. That means Federer will be another year older when next Wimbledon comes the next summer of 2021. He's playing 38 now. He'll be playing 39. Serena Williams has 23 Grand Slam titles, one behind Margaret Court. She is also 38. This also really lessens the likelihood that she will ever catch Margaret Court. And this increases the likelihood that Jokovic or Nadal or both will pass Federer. And for me, Federer is the GOAT. So these sort of cancellations, postponements, when they happen to athletes, athletes continue to age. We've talked about it with the NBA, with baseball, with any sport, even Olympians. If there were Olympians ready to break Olympic records this year to keep and get ready and train and slow your body's aging process down by a year, I don't know how to do it. I guess you call Scorsese, the Irishman, Fincher, Button. Who directed Gemini Man? I can't remember, but you could call him too. The point is the same. These athletes are getting older, but events are being canceled, postponed. When are we going to take it seriously? When are people just now live, the governor of Florida, the state where I live today, now, right this second, unless he changes his mind, has issued a stay at home order for now all of Florida. There are people in the middle of the country who are telling me what this is a coastal issue. This is no big deal. This virus will stay on the coasts. I'd like to do my best Morgan Freeman imitation and say that this is how it starts every time. And then it turns more red and more red and more red. It will get into the middle of the country. If you don't have coronavirus now, keep it out by staying home and staying safe. Meanwhile, for whatever reason that I'll never understand, the NFL, and I've said it before, and I'll get in trouble with CBS and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the fact that Adam Schefter on another network, you know it, ESPN, sorry, Coca, he stood up and said, actually, he probably was sitting like I am. He sat down and said, it makes no sense why the MLB is not postponing the draft. 
There is carnage in the streets, he said, and people were aghast. They thought that he was a mouthpiece for ESPN and for the NFL and that they require the draft, just like I told you, that the draft is required for business. They need it. The NFL wants to take advantage of the fact the NBA, NHL, MLB are all on hold. He wants to grab the news by the throat. Roger is tone deaf in this regard. He's got his executives out towing the company line, but then the executives are the ones. This is how this works when you're a commissioner like Roger Goodell. As you know, Roger Goodell is this very firm individual, right? He's strong. He's got gravitas. I'm in charge. I am woman. Hear me roar in numbers too large to ignore. God, I love Helen Reddy. NFL executive Jeff Pash, pretty high up in the commissioner's office, but not the commissioner. He said, and I quote, of course, the NFL is planning to start the season on time, but that's not the issue. Jeff Pash said, am I certain that the NFL will start the season on time? He said, I'm not certain that I will be here tomorrow, but I'm planning on it. What? Roger Goodell sent Jeff Pash to get that word out. The NFL will continue on time until it won't be on time. Everything is fine with the draft until it's not. We're calling players to get them ready via Zoom, Scoop, or, or Skype, or, or Google class meeting Zoom, or whatever they're doing. So when they're chosen, they can somehow awkwardly say, hey, I'm so happy right now to be a dolphin or a redskin when in fact they could have family that they should be worried about i'm annoyed and here's why when you're the commissioner of a league you are being looked at for leadership the way we're looking to adam silver for leadership the way we need rob manford to show leadership be out front you're roger goodell and you are right now the only thing you're doing is that you're sending out notes to your owners saying you be quiet about anything related to any delay. You are subject to a fine if you discuss anything related to a delay. That's what he's doing? I got an idea of what Roger could be doing. It's a way better idea. Why don't you stand up and say, I absolutely acknowledge that this draft needs to happen, but I am very well aware that at the end of April, we will still be in a nationwide shutdown. There will be communities getting worse and worse. There will be a absolute strain in our healthcare system, strain that you can't believe. People will have issues the likes of which they haven't encountered in their lives. What we're going to do on draft day Instead of our resources being focused on the draft, I have asked every employee of the National Football League and every college player waiting to be drafted to do one thing today for someone else. Cheer up a neighbor, call someone who's elderly and at home and see if you can help them with any sort of groceries or food. Thank someone who's going to work every day instead of sitting home like I am on Skype, entertaining you and myself. Make a difference. The NFL draft will be a three-day community difference maker from April 23rd to April 25th. That's what leadership is, and that's what we're going to do. It's not that people need sports right now. Mark Cuban said today, I have no idea when we're coming back. 
He had first said mid-May, he's backed off. And then he said, I don't know when we're coming back, but I do know one thing, we need basketball. We need people to be able to watch it on TV, even if there's no fans. Start high-fiving each other again. Start hugging again. I agree with you, Mark. Although I'd prefer a fist bump, maybe an elbow rub, even after this pandemic has been cured and there's a vaccination. But the fact is, you're right, Mark. Sports has taken a back seat, period. When Wimbledon gets postponed, uh, when Wimbledon gets canceled, that's Wimbledon. Just you wait if you think this is ending. Just you wait about what's going to happen with NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, college. This is real, folks. And the faster everyone realizes it, the better. When you've got a governor of my state just figuring out today, April Fool's, you know what? I just realized Coca, I think it was April Fools. Is the is the that's my question for the for the audience today? Is the stay at home mandate by the governor an April Fools joke? I don't know. So let me land this plane, tie it all back, and bring you to Roger Goodell sending out Jeff Pash, his number two guy, to say yes, we're planning to start the season on time. We're creating the headline. You think Roger Goodell is happy or anyone's happy with what Adam Schefter said on ESPN? Do you think CBS is happy when I said the NCAA tournament was going to be canceled? Do you think CBS is happy when I start talking about the NFL and what's real about the NFL? This goes beyond that right now. How many times during the last month that I cut off the microphone where you thought for a minute, you thought for a minute the show had ended? because I was saying things that were coming because we could see it. It's math. This is my encouragement for Roger Goodell to stand up and do the right thing and postpone the draft. This is my moment to tell Roger Goodell to stop Jeff Pash from talking the way he's talking. Don't talk about the start of the NFL season. Tell me what you're doing now to help people. Is it totally inconsistent and ridiculous right now? Let me ask that. Is it like when you're talking about sports, which I do, and I talk about business and politics and entertainment, by the way, from an entertainment standpoint, if you're not watching the last season of Shit's Creek, please do. Cried last night. There's only one episode left. I'll cry again next Tuesday. If you are planning for the draft, what would I be telling my GM? What would I be telling as an owner or president? What am I telling my guys? Well, I have a story to tell you about that. And uh, there was a rumor I read, and it's, uh, it's interesting. If you've been following NFL, and you'll know that the Dolphins have been collecting draft picks the way rabbits collect carrots, and they've got a bunch of first-round picks. Their highest pick, I think, is five. I think they have three first-rounders, however many second-rounders. Suffice it to say they have a lot of uh, ammunition to work with. A lot of inventory is a better word to work with. By the way, I was corrected. Thank you for reminding me. I was corrected by someone. The owner of Juventus is the Anelli family. I said Agnelli. The G is silent. The Anelli family in Italy. Thank you for that correction. I'll always correct myself. I'm wrong every show for sure. I don't know how to pronounce names. I don't even know. 
Matthew Coca. It's an easy one. So the Dolphins have all these picks, and everyone's going crazy in Miami, like anyone would. Will they trade it? Will they trade up? Are they going to take Tua Tag Leah Kanoa? Or are they going to? That's definitely not right. I know it's not right. I just don't know how to say T- Tua. I'm just going to call him Tua. This has been a year I've gotten it wrong. Are they going to trade up and get Joe Burrow in the first pick? Is Tua's hip enough that he'll fall to five? Do they need to trade up? Do they need a Chase Young? Do they not? Yada, yada, yada. So rumors came out that the Dolphins are looking to trade up for the number one pick. And I asked myself immediately, would I do it? Let me go sport by sport. Major League Baseball. If there is a consensus number one, and I mean consensus, Steven Strasburg, Bryce Harper. Who is a consensus number one? I'm trying to think of another one. Like consensus. Oh, Mark Appel from Stanford. Um, I think there was a kid named Beckham. Bend it like Beckham may have been a top pick. Yeah, you're getting my drift here. No. In baseball, it's about numbers. You want as many of the top picks as possible. How else could we have screwed up five picks in 2005 of the first 35 if we didn't have five of the first 35? It was a perfect plan. Get as many picks as you can and get as many wrong as you can. But you might get one which hits. Baseball, you never would trade up in the draft, even if it's a slam dunk. Because in baseball, there's no such thing as a slam dunk. Let's go basketball. If you could get Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, how would you not trade up to get the number one pick? Hi, my name is Sam Bowie. I believe that I'm going to be one of the best players in the history of the National Basketball Association. I've convinced the people of Portland that I'm number one. Do you get what I'm saying? Michael Jordan didn't go first. I actually don't. LeBron, right? Pick of a lifetime. Almost a slam dunk. Are there slam dunks in the NBA? More so than MLB, but is it a slam dunk? If it is, I'm actually good with that. But do you know how many slam dunks in the NBA ended up not slamming? not dunking, and not performing? Do you know how many times you draft someone and you put all your eggs in the one draft basket and it doesn't work? It happens pretty often, which is why it's a game of numbers. The more players you can get, the better chance. Now, people would tell me, would you rather have seven mediocre players or one game changer, one GOAT? Of course you want the goat, but no one's ever able to identify the goat before the goat happens. Are you going to sit here and tell me, tweet at me right now at David P. Sampson, right now, and I'll pay attention. Is Bryce Harper the greatest baseball player of all time? I'm just curious. The greatest of all time. People lost their minds. Strasburg is a World Series MVP. Is he the greatest of all time? No. No. He's been very injured. Tommy John, etc. signed to a very long extension. Yes, he's got bling, and that counts. I'm tired of Coco whispering in my ear about LeBron James. I get that LeBron James is the second greatest player who ever played in the NBA. I get that LeBron James was the perfect number one, number one pick. I get it. I get that Patrick Ewing was a great number one pick for the Knicks when the envelope was stuck to the bottom of the lottery wheel. 
If you don't know that story, go look at the 1984 NBA lottery with David Stern, then commissioner. May he rest in peace. They move the wheel like the old bingo games. Be like boy, seven, be seven. So anyway, they would do the wheel. And for whatever reason, the Knicks envelope never moved. It never moved. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It never moved. The Knicks got Ewing. Was he the greatest Nick of all time? He's my favorite player in the world of all time. My favorite sports hero athlete, period, to this day. He gave me the most good memories, period. Stories I will tell you about the memories he gave me, period. However, is that a lock? No. So this year and this year's draft, you sit here and tell me that Joe Burrow is the difference maker that will be competing with Tom Brady to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Is he better than... Uh, the Fitzpatrick with the long beard. They've got another guy, um, Josh, somebody, Coca, Josh, who on the Dolphins. I think they have two guys, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, Rosen. That's a Fletch reference. Uh, Dr. Rosen, Rosen, please report to uh, level three, sir. Dr. Rosen, Rosen. In any case, is Joe Burrow better than they are? Likely. Is Tua better? Likely. Does that mean you want to put all your eggs in the Tua basket? I'm out on the whole thing. Literally, I'm not making that trade if I'm the Dolphins. Wait to see. That's not my wait to see. Isn't it amazing? Why aren't people realizing that everything is wait to see? Because we could all have these opinions. All of you, when you're debating sports, whatever opinion you have, you can't say that you're right. One of my favorite things about the office at CBS Sports HQ and what I miss the most about being at home are the debates that go on with everyone and everyone who's so sure of everything that they say, except they don't realize that there will come a time when the chickens come home to roost. They'll either be proven right or wrong. I've got Coco whispering. I'm not even listening to you. I know I have a way to see the tool will not be a top five pick. I think about it every day. He shouldn't be a top five pick. Oh, you're right. He should. My bad. He posted an Instagram video that he has a good hip. All good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 
So, you want to talk to Samson. <laughs> this was a weird one. This was an emotional one. I've, um, I've enjoyed So You Want to Talk to Samson. I really do. I actually like people contacting me on Twitter. I like them following me at David P. Samson, D-A-V-I-D-P-S-A-M-S-O-N. And thank you. And then you can DM me after you've rated me and told a friend. And I'll answer questions. This was an interesting one. Because as you know, I've been in front of the media since basically December of 1999, over 20 years. The question asked is when I was president of the Marlins, but that's sick, S-I-C. That sort of means they meant to type it, but didn't. Did I ever get a question from the media that flustered me so much that I couldn't answer? What an interesting question. I'd like to say that that question was asked of me because it looks as though I'm unflappable. It looks as though I can speak for 45 minutes a day without pausing, without breathing, with occasionally coughing once in a while, taking a drink of water, sometimes pressing the cough button, sometimes pretending that I'm coughing just so I can take a breath, other times not breathing at all and getting yelled at by the people at CBS that I'm not talking from my diaphragm. That said, is there ever a time when I've been flustered? I had to think about it. And it brought me back to a terrible moment in front of the media. And this is a story that I've promised to tell. It's a story that I'm not telling today because I'm not ready, but it's a part of the story only. And it was the day that Jose Fernandez died. And I didn't know what that day would be like. There was no playbook for that day. I'd never been a part of anything like that day. And I led a press conference that day, hours after finding out and confirming that he had passed away in the accident. And... What's funny about that is I didn't realize that that press conference was being broadcast live. I don't remember any cameras in the room. I was then shown a picture that it was the most cameras I'd ever been in front of in terms of a press conference. I didn't remember one of them. I, it was a very surreal experience. And I just, I was sitting next to Don Mattingly and next to Mike Hill and Martin Prado was at the table with us. I'll never forget this. And every one of our team was standing behind in uniform, just shell-shocked. And a question came. So when I meet the media, here's how it works. And I said this to, uh, to anyone who will listen, whether you're at CBS or anyone who I've given a, a speech to or anywhere, one of the things that I'm relatively decent at, it's not perfect, but it's decent, is that I have the ability that my brain is ahead of my mouth. So I know what I'm going to say before I'm going to say it. Like I already knew that I was going to say, I know what I'm going to say before I'm going to say it because my brain had said, you're going to say, I know what I'm going to say before I'm going to say it, which by the way is happening right now. It's a vicious circle. You wonder why I don't sleep. Many people, their mouth is ahead of their brain. So right now their mouth is going to say, blah, 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 and their brain is blah, 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 totally garbled. They say something. They say, oh my God. I didn't say that, or oh my God, that's the worst thing I could ever have said. That wasn't articulate, that wasn't clear. That's people, anytime someone talks and you look at them and you say, what? What are you even talking about? And it's not an intellectual problem. It's not a language problem. It's literally an interpretation problem. You're looking and saying, what are you talking about? Those are people whose mouths are ahead of their brain. My brain's ahead of my mouth. Question comes, can you please summarize the importance of Jose Fernandez to Miami and the entire Cuban community? 
I remember this question being asked. It was stage uh, right, which means it was the left side of the room as you're looking at the stage or the right side of the room if you're on the stage looking off the stage. And I heard the question. I knew that I had to answer it because that was my role during this press conference. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to honor his life, the role that he played in terms of the Cuban community when I was a non-athletic Jewish man. How could I put myself in position when I have lived a life of freedom where Jose had to escape for his freedom, had to be in jail in Cuba and then escape on a raft, literally? How is it that I could articulate or be assigned the job to articulate? All of these things were going on in my head because when the question started, I had a feeling I knew where it was ending. And have you ever been in a position where you're having an experience and the world just stops? Athletes talk about this when they're on the court. They're saying the game just slows down. Athletes who don't make it, the game speeds up for them and they can't keep up. Lawyers in the courtroom, the game speeds up. They don't succeed. If they slow everything down, they do. That goes for every job you have. No matter what you do, when you're having a conversation with your significant other, with your children, with your parents, when you're a job, when you're trying to convince your boss for more money, whatever you're trying to do, when you're trying to get the next meal on the table, slow it down. When you slow things down, all of a sudden clarity has more time to seep in. And the more clear you can be about what your thoughts are and what you want to say, you have a better chance of having your brain ahead of your mouth. So it's a talent to slow everything down. I don't have that all the time, but I do sometimes. In this instance, the problem is when you slow it down too much, you end up frozen. So there's a fine line you walk, and I had a hard time that day. I was so flustered that the question sort of stopped, and instead of slowing down, it actually became garbage. Do you know what, what I'm talking about? When thing, when the, when, uh, hey, for anyone my age, if you ever had a record and you change the speed on the record player, right? Instead of meatloaf or Ozzy Osbourne telling you that the devil's coming to take you, that generally it's just. So that's what happens when you slow it too much. So this question got slowed too much. And I remember thinking to myself, you better get the brain going because this is a moment and you have one chance to get this right, to explain to an entire country, U.S., another country, Cuba, Everyone in the baseball world, this transcended the baseball world. This was a national news story when a professional athlete like Jose Fernandez or any professional athlete dies, tragically the way Jose did. This is an opportunity to say something that will be remembered. And I remember thinking as everything slowed down, I don't want to let, I really don't want to let this moment get the best of me. And it didn't. I answered it. And I answered it honestly. And if you go back and look at that press conference, you can hear what I said. And I'll tell the story one day of how that day unfolded and what what all happened. And you've heard me talk about what's happened since. But I really haven't talked about that day very much. A little bit, but not too much. So you want to talk to Samson. There was once a question I got from the media that flustered me so much that I couldn't answer. No, I answered. But there was once a question that flustered me. It's the only time I've ever gotten a question that flustered me, by the way. Thank you for that. Okay, I got it. Okay, I'm making a decision that I am watching a different type of movie today because yesterday I watched a series 
and I, I, it's just, I've had enough. I watched The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez on Netflix. It's a six-parter. Gabriel Fernandez was an eight-year-old boy who was tortured and killed by his mother and mother's boyfriend. Gabriel Fernandez is an eight-year-old boy who lived a life of um, terror, just abused in a way that, that it makes you wonder about human beings. If you ever raise a hand to someone in your family, how dare you? How dare you? I don't care how drunk you are, how, how sick you are. That's a line you don't cross. And how is it that there are entire departments who are in charge of millions of kids just in L.A. who are the subject of child abuse? I get it. The frustration of children. Let's say I say, you know what? Forget it. Say I don't get it. Say that I live in an ivory tower. I've never had a problem in my life. Say that I don't know what it's like to ever struggle or have a fight or ever, ha- or ever feel like I'm not worthy or feel depressed or feel sad or feel happy or feel lonely or feel glad. Say I have no feelings like the rest of everybody else. Say that I've in- basically encountered no poverty in my life. I've never done anything to make a difference. I have no way of knowing what it is to be anyone other than me. Let's say that as a baseline. Now, you look yourself in the mirror. You're in the worst possible position ever. You have no money. You don't know where rent's coming from. Your baby, your two-year-old, your five-year-old has been the biggest pain in the neck of all time, and you are quarantined in a one-room house with 17 people. You have no idea where your next dollar is coming from. You have no prospects of a job. Frankly, there is no way out that you can see at all. Let's take that as a given. Oh, and you're mentally unstable. Given. What else can we say? Everything that could be wrong is wrong with you. You're still going to hit a child or your spouse during this period of quarantine. If you're listening to this and you know of any children who may be subject to child abuse, please make the call. Call social services, call the police, call anyone. Do you want on your hands that you knew a kid was potentially going to be killed and then that kid dies? Because that's what happened in L.A. For the first time in history, the L.A. district attorney went after the social workers also. The social workers who went to the home and said, oh, I'm buying the story that he fell off his bed. He fell off his dirt bike. Man, that looks like a, a lot like a cigarette burn. Ah, but it's just from a rock. Wow, that looks like he got shot with a BB gun. Nah, nah, he was just playing around with his brother. The social workers got charged with a crime. The mother and father did too. The mother, it's not the father, actually. It's the mother and the mother's boyfriend. The horror of this documentary is three layers. I was thinking it's two. I'm going to give you a third. Number one and number one is that there is an eight-year-old boy who got tortured and killed. Number two, there were people, social workers, and the system, the government system, whose job, the government's job, is to protect these children, and they didn't do it. Three, the police, teachers, police, friends, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all could maybe have seen, should have seen, 
did see what went on and couldn't, didn't, won't step in. It's an impossible situation. What do you do? You get help. And let me tell you another little nugget about the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. When we're talking about the fact that taxes are going down right now, consumer spending is down because we're all quarantined. Do you know one of the things that will be impacted when the government has less tax revenue from us? There's less sales tax. There's less food and beverage tax. Do you know who's going to be impacted? Government services, the services that are needed to protect people who cannot protect themselves. This is not politics. This is not being conservative or liberal. This is about what's right and what's wrong. That has nothing to do with politics. When you do what's right, it's right no matter if you're blue or red or green or pink. It doesn't matter if you're straight or gay. It doesn't matter if you're tall or short or white or brown or black. The trials of Gabriel Fernandez were so difficult to watch. Am I telling you to watch them? Yeah, I am. Because I want you to be as angry as I am now. I want you to feel it. I want you to feel it because then there's a chance that you will make sure that it never has to be felt again. And if it has to be felt even one time, one time by one kid, it's one time too many. trials of Gabriel Fernandez were tough. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about uh, a couple things now. I'm going to give a very quick story that I read that I enjoyed watching and uh, enjoyed reading. And uh, I want to tell you what's in my head when I read it. There was some criticism about a school that I've never heard of. It's a Division 20 school called Tarleton State. They're becoming a Division 1 school in the WIC or the WAC or the WAC. And they hired a guy named Billy Gillespie. Billy Gillespie was the head coach of Texas Tech, the head coach of Kentucky. And then he had, was let go and he had a problem. He's had a bunch of DUIs. He's been charged, at least uh, uh, not, not actually officially charged, um, accused of mistreating his players, mistreating staff members, just a terrible reputation. And he'd been out of coaching. He was coaching at a JUCO, for, that's junior college, not as in the religion, for like four years. And he just got a chance to become a head coach. And the reason I wanted to mention is that there's been a bunch of criticism about him being hired, saying, how could you hire a guy like this when you know how it's going to end? You know that he's only going to be there for a short period of time. You know that he's got a problem with drinking and driving. You know that he's got a problem with abusing. And I don't, let me, darn it, apologize. We are so quick to call it, I'll call it verbal abuse. That's what I meant. Well, when I have a chance to hire a coach, and I'm division two going to division one, and I want to make a statement that I've got a chance and I want to win games. And I know that Billy Gillespie, he's done one thing. He hasn't won everywhere, but he's a damn fine game coach. He's going to win games for Tarleton State. So the interesting thing to think about is this. When do you decide as an executive to trade off the negativity that surrounds a hire versus the positivity that surrounds the possibility of winning more games? Well, Bobby Knight got rehired by Texas Tech, as you know, after leaving Indiana in a fit of his rage. Rick Pitino, in all of his glory, leaving Louisville, is going to be rehired and coming back to Division I college. In baseball, sometimes managers, Ron Washington was let go. We don't know why he hasn't been back, but he's now a coach again. Managers get fired. They get hired. They have personal problems. They come back. 
when is the juice worth the squeeze? For me, it's simple. If I know in my head why I'm making the hire. The athletic director and the president of Tarleton State, what they should have said was simple. We are hiring Billy Gillespie. We are very aware of his failings. We are going to work with him to make sure that he does not hurt or endanger anybody else with his actions on or off the court. We want to win as many games as we can because we're going to be entering Division One, and we want to see a Division One NCAA tournament championship with Tarleton State, which is somewhere in the heart of Texas. I say in the heart of Texas, I don't even know what it means. That's why you hire a coach like that. Now, it's perfectly fine for me to criticize that hiring, but I've done it. We've hired people where there was an opportunity or a chance. Ozzie Gian, we were told by everyone, don't hire him, that he's going to wear thin. Yeah, they weren't right. I love the guy. Okay, um, ML Beard Challenge, it's day 17. If you're watching this, then you can see my beard. If you're not watching it, then you can hear my beard. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? That's the hair on my chinny chin chin making some noise on this super sensitive home microphone. Day 17 ML Beer Challenge. We're giving a grand a day to every single team in baseball. 30 straight days. After that, 70 more days of $1,000 each to South Florida places who are helping. We're going over a team. My team today is the New York Mets. We're sending it to the Mets to use in their foundation. I've got two things about this. You've got an opportunity. You have an opportunity to help make a difference. Just do it. No matter what the amount is, it doesn't matter. Shin Su Chu. You know who that is? He's a loyal listener of nothing personal, I guess. He came out today. He is giving $1,000 to every one of the 190 minor league players in the Texas Rangers system. If you don't know Shin Su Chu, he's the one signed to that outrageous contract by the Rangers and they're entering in the new stadium right now, but he signed this deal several years ago. Totally overpaid. They haven't won with him. Great, great guy, by the way. However, just overpaid, bad contract. But he's a very lucky guy, and he is giving away $190,000. But is it $1,000 each? Yes. Interesting. Some of the people in that system got $8 million signing bonuses. Some got $100 signing bonuses. Is it a gift of need? The answer is yes. If you're going to do something, it's not your job to decide, well, this guy I don't think needs $1,000, but this guy needs $2,000. Let's not ever criticize what Shin Su Chu is doing. Shin Su Chu is doing. He's making a difference. Thank you for doing that. All you have to do is go onto your foundation website for the, your favorite team. Go to the Mets website, the Mets Charities, the Mets Foundation. They will give money away. They do give money away. I know, not to Bobby Bonilla. No, not to players they are overpaying. I'm talking about they do make a difference in the community and they care about the community. And especially now, a shout out to Fred Wilpon, the owner of the Mets. He will absolutely do what's right, no matter what. There's another company doing what's right. Anthony's Coal-Fired Pizza down here in South Florida. Anthony's Coal-Fired. Why am I talking about them? Because they are a restaurant who also is trying to make a difference. Here's what I want you to do. No matter where you live, call up Anthony's Coal Fired Pizza and buy a pizza. Because for every pizza you buy, they are donating a pizza to someone who needs food. To people who are not eating because of what's happening with coronavirus. They are going to be donating 10,000 pizzas. They announced it today. It's not an April Fool's joke. 
It's the real deal. Call Anthony's Coal Fired. Buy a pizza. Get one delivered. If you're not here and you don't live in Florida or where there's an Anthony's, then just call your, your South Florida Anthony's Coal Fired Pizza, and I trust that they will then donate two pizzas. 10,000 pizzas they're doing. I couldn't be more proud to be associated with them. Oh, I wasn't supposed to read that. Hold on. Let me get it right. Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza is in no way associated with nothing personal with David Sampson, which can be heard on the CBS network of YouTube and on uh, Apple Podcasts and wherever you find your podcasts. There has been nothing given to nothing personal or anyone associated with nothing personal for him mentioning about the 10,000 pizza promotion by Anthony's Coal Fired. Any inference to the contrary, saying that David Sampson will be receiving any sort of free pizzas is hereby absolutely declared as not true in any way. Furthermore, any opinion about Anthony's coal-fired pizza, the ingredients, the taste, etc., is an opinion of David Sampson solely and not an opinion of Nothing Personal or CBS. Thank you. Anthony's coal-fired pizza, thank you so much for making the difference. By the way, for those of you who are going crazy, thinking that actually that happened, I was making you smile. This is my rundown. This is where I wrote Shin, Su Chu, and Billy Gillespie. And this is my timing. Of course I didn't get a legal document. Or did I? <laughs> wait to see. I got to wait to see right. And I want to mention why I got it right. Remember when the pirates did something? They delivered food to healthcare workers. And I said... It's a copycat league. Other teams will follow. Wouldn't you know it? Guess who did? The San Diego Padres delivered food, which means I officially win that way to see. And furthermore, on a side note, what that further means is more teams are going to do it. More teams. We need as many teams as possible right now. I understand the announcement made in baseball, $30 million, $1 million per team. We've got to have a logistics plan for getting that money out to the people who need it. We have to do it one pizza at a time, one meal at a time. Bring extra canned goods to Feeding Florida. Anthony's Coal Fired is working with Feeding Florida, Feeding South Florida, an unbelievable organization whose president or chairman is an amazing man. His initials are HS. You know who you are because you told me you listen to every one of the episodes, maybe, Please, please follow suit. More teams are going to do it. What do you think my wait to see is? You knew it would be NFL related. I'm going to look Roger Goodell right in the eyes right now, except it's a little green dot on my computer with a little tiny microphone that I used to think actually came from the government spying on me. But now it appears it's just a microphone that you can use and a camera that you can use to see me. Roger, I'm telling you, you heard it here. Wait to see NFL training camps will be delayed. You are not opening training camps in July. Wait to see that happens. I've already told you what I think of the draft. Go back and listen to the beginning of this show. You know very clearly my view of this, Roger. I need leadership from you. And when you delay the draft and when you know the training camps are going to be delayed, I know you're going to call me and I know you're going to be upset and you're going to say, hey, Samson. It was business. It was nothing personal. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.